Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we bark at passing cars. No, we don't, just you do. Uh, you should give it a shot. No. You might find you have fun. I don't know if I want the kind of fun you have. <laughs> <laughs> I got so close! <laughs> Just, I couldn't! I keep fucking corpsing! <laughs> got her! <laughs> I'm leaving all of that in. <laughs> oh no! Oh god. I can't believe I started corpsing within the first minute of the show. Yep. Good old Corpse McGee here. Look, at least I don't have tap outitis. <laughs> you bit my toe. And you tapped out. Have you ever had someone bite your toe? Yes. Bone there. Yes, I have. A snapping turtle when I was dipping my feet in the lake one time. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. So I, I I know how much it hurts. That's why it's a legitimate strategy. I don't think it's legitimate. Don't wrestle barefoot then, Matt Riddle. Well, we weren't wrestling to begin with. We were on the couch. And? You and then we tried to shopping. Mm-hmm. Really, this is like foreplay I'm describing here. So we were Netflix and chill. No, no, we were IWTV and chill. And then we started chopping each other. Were we high at the time? I don't know. Probably. Aaron gets high now. That's the best. That's the best <laughs> new development. Only when I'm up with you two. I know. <laughs> God damn it. Mix. I'm going to eat this entire hundred milligram edible. And that's then a fine. Hey, yeah, you have very. Interesting resistances. <laughs> My bonuses are amazing. Hi, Erin just gets tired and cold. Yes. <laughs> it's not even that fun. It's, it's really annoying, actually. I don't like it. Um, so anyway, we have wrestling to talk about. I suppose we could do that, yeah. It's uh, been a little while since we've been here. Yeah, so a couple of shows happened. Um, the World on GCW. Mm-hmm. Held at the prestigious Hammerstein Ballroom. Yes, a place that two days after that show, I walked past on my way to my hormone clinic. You were just a little bit late for the show, but that's okay. You'll get it next time. Probably. <laughs> so yes, definitely fuck C Cardona. Yeah, fuck Matt Cardona. <laughs> that was a fun match, though. Uh, now, I'm looking at the cage match results for this show. Mm-hmm. Wrestling Observer was not kind to it. I wouldn't expect them to be. The 
six so there, there's a couple of things on this card there was a battle royal <laughs> yes on the kickoff show on the kickoff show followed which... by a scramble on the kickoff show <laughs> uh-huh now it was very my problem with the kickoff um battle royal Mm-hmm. And this is like you know, it, it it's not the main event. They're gonna like keep bringing people out. My problem is that Lufisto didn't win. Yeah, that was annoying because I was I got so excited when she came out. It's been a while since Lufisto has wrestled in the U.S. because of all the border issues this past couple years. If you follow her on Twitter, you can see her slowly going stir-crazy. Mm -hmm. So, it was cool getting to see Lufisto. It was cool watching Dark Sheik, like, last as long as she did. It was... Mm-hmm. And uh, going Thunder to -to with Perot. Yeah. Thunder Rosa was fun as always. Like, it was a good show. Oh, I had a lot of fun with that. And then the I'm scramble, the scramble result. was significantly less memorable. I'm gonna be honest. Not to say that it was bad. It's just I didn't pop as much. It was nice to see Grim Reefer get his due in the Hammerstein. That's true. Grim Reefer does deserve some recognition. He's been at this for twenty years. <laughs> He's been it be surprising. <laughs> He's his first wrestling match was 1999. He has kept the same gimmick. Since 1999, and it's white guy who smokes weed and dresses like... It's 1999. <laughs> it's 1999, and he's a white guy who smokes weed. Yep. I knew a lot of those guys in high school. <laughs> uh, so, if we want to talk about the actual matches in this show... They had a grab the brass ring ladder match, except their Sonic mm. ring wasn't such like a comically Sonic-ish Sonic ring. No, they found the better looking one, actually. <laughs> Did they? I thought it looked like it was just like taped with reflective tape. It looked more realistic than the AEW one. Yeah, the AEW one was so thick you couldn't get a hand around it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't a pool float, no. <laughs> so that match had Tony Deppin, PCO, uh, Jordan Oliver, Jimmy Lloyd, G Raver, Alex Cologne, and AJ Gray. And PCO made quite a spectacle of himself, it... jumping things he should not be doing. Yep. PCO is showing a lot of wear and tear. Yes. Um, but he's as tough as he looks. Yeah. He's the French-Canadian Frankenstein. Yep. With a scar from that wrestling company. I can't remember it again. 
Was it Blackcraft? Was that the one that had, like, the one show that they shut down before the show even finished? Because a Joey Janela event was, like, three hours long, so they had no time. Yeah. <laughs> but he did a promo for that where he got, like, they went to a, a scarification artist and got mm -hmm. just, like, one made on his peck there. Mm -hmm. And, like, the visual was them pushing a battery into where his heart should be. <laughs> I mean, like, look, if you want to do body mods like that. Oh, it's totally cool. But it's like you did that for a company. It's like you got to really believe in what they're doing for that. So, like, yeah, Blackcraft got screwed over. Yeah, they had high reaching ideas and just getting kept getting cut off at the knees. It was kind of a clusterfuck, though, when they actually got the show going, because they started very late on Mania Weekend. Mm-hmm. What was it, like, quarter to one? I don't remember. Something like that. But, like, I mean, like, they had, like, a bunch of... It was basically just, like, let's, let's hit as many squashes as we can. Yeah, they had to cut everything down to minutes. <laughs> right, like... Like, if not seconds. Like, it was... Here, I'll actually throw this up in chat. It was rough. There's an hour-long documentary on the rise and fall of Blackcraft. It's actually really interesting. It's yeah, like they, someone... They to do like a Lucha Underground thing, but... But um... for goths. Yes. <laughs> Which... Yes. <laughs> it's just the the thing about it was that it kind of comes across a little bit as like this might have been good as a fringe festival show. Yeah. But you need they they needed they needed to have more time. You know, like... Just in everything. In every <laughs> respect, yeah. Yeah. So going back to the grab the brass ring ladder match, <laughs> after we saw people get thrown around and powerbombed through ladders and backdropped on ladders and other horrific things, uh, AJ Gray actually came on the top of that one. Yeah, it was... So, um... There was a ladder match on AEW the next week. Right? For Sammy and Cody, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's hard not to, like, put those two side by side because we watch them in such close proximity mm -hmm. Sunday to Wednesday and say, like, look at the spots and do some comparison kind of, like, feel out what made one different from the other, right? Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was surprising that GCW was not the company to put the most horrible bump into a ladder match that week. <gasps> yep. <laughs> I think that might have something to do with the Hammerstein they were working in. I don't think they wanted any blood on that show. 
No, that's probably a... No, that's... Did... The new hammer seat, I think, has a different policy than the old one. I... Am I just mixing up matches now? Yeah, I know. Okay, so, um... I sent one of my friends from high school uh, Mox versus Nick fucking Gage because okay. I'm trying to get him into indie wrestling so he stops watching the fucking Fed. Yeah, no, that, that'd be good. <laughs> that, that is a good move to do. And that was where Mox had the pizza cutter. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this was a fairly bloodless show. Yep. There was a little bit, I think, here and here, but like... But like, hard way, so it wasn't like yeah. anyone could get, you know, they weren't doing explicitly dangerous spots to draw blood, right? It's not what you, what you expect when you see GCW. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I'd say I would, but I don't think he's ready for Effie because he's the straightest dude that I still talk to. Oh, but Effie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ready for Effie. <laughs> okay, so you gotta send him Alley Catch first. And then work into Bussy. Nope, say it correct. Bussy. Say it correctly. Bussy. Say it with your chest, Aaron. Bussy. <laughs> Cat, my tits don't talk. Like, your chest voice. <laughs> you, you're trans. You should understand how voices work. <laughs> so yeah, you start them on Alley Cat, you go to Bussy. Thank you. And from there, you can get into Effie. <laughs> I think... There needs to be... I think you need to start with, like... Second Gear crew stuff before they were bussy. Okay, yeah. So, like, or you go from Alley Catch to Second Gear Crew, Second Gear Crew to Bussy to mm -hmm. Effie to Big Gay Brunch. Yeah. Then the Cardonas. Yeah, you, know, you do Effie versus the Cardonas as the introduction to, as the second part of Effie. Okay. Effie versus Jeff Jarrett as the first part of. Because I think that's a good way to get people... Speaking of which, hey, we want to talk about Effie versus Jeff Jarrett? Sure, we could talk about Effie versus Jeff Jarrett. Or did Where, we want to... I don't, I don't could... even remember how that got set up, really. So Effie's doing his thing with the Cardonas. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever. I sitting in, He's standing in the ring, and then some guy in a mask comes into the ring and hits him with a guitar and who should it be but Double J 
Jeff Jarrett. And then Effie steadfastly refuses. <laughs> yes, Effie says he's going for the title. Jeff Jarrett murks him. Effie steadfastly refuses to acknowledge Jeff Jarrett and any rivalry or heat they might have. Effie gets booked in a match against Jeff Jarrett at Hammerstein and has to acknowledge Jeff Jarrett. There's also something in there where Jarrett smashed a guitar over Allie. Yes, that was right before Hammerstein. That was the show before. Which is the moment that Effie was like, all right, you're going to attack Allie. Then we were then we're going to fucking go. Okay. Like, don't even. <laughs> but this was actually a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Because you've got the very straight man and Jeff Jarrett in the daddy likes being choked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who spent a lot of that match with a belt around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of the match getting whipped by the belt. Uh, at one point, he is down on his knees staring directly at Jeff Jarrett's dick. <laughs> yeah, because he does that thing where he goes down, it's like, I, I will suck your dick now, because this yeah. is my spot. <laughs> yes, he was doing the... the um, Normie wrestler. Versus very gay wrestler spot where he threatens to suck their dick. Yep. And then gets hit what for it. What a it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it got Gangrella out of the ring. <laughs> he had to go collect himself after that one. Yep. So yeah, they actually had a pretty good match in this. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't exactly fast or high in spots. No, but, but like it, it, it flowed. Yep, it, it flowed. It had a very interesting story to it with Jarrett coming in and being the crap out of Effie. Effie enjoying was, it. Which was also kind of the theme of the night. Mm hmm. <laughs> it was fun when I got to hear, it sounds like a fucking Pokemon. It really does. <laughs> I'm doing Pokemon cries now. Yes, you are. Uh, hey, everyone, if you if you PayPal me $5, I'll record a custom Pokemon cry for you. <laughs> Throw your PayPal in the chat. <laughs> It's <laughs> The Pokemon nobody asked for. I still thought the ground horse was cool. But I think all, all the Pokemon are cool, so. Aaron? What? Are there any Pokemon you don't think are, you think are not cool? Not off the top of my head. 
overquill is kind of weird because like it's got its eyes right here and then two spikes like right here so it's like how do you see up you don't make much sense mm -hmm. overquill is very weird um but even still he's sitting on my team right now <laughs> how do i get my paypal link um it's somewhere in your settings So, back into wrestling real quick. Eventually, Jarrett does end up winning the match, which is kind of a theme for the night. And that the GCW regulars aren't looking as good against their other promotion counterparts. <laughs> for the most part. Um... So it happened there with Ali Catch and Ruby Soho. It happened there. They had, I think they had a little better of a match. Yes, they did. It, it did feel a little, it, it felt, and like, I, I say this with a lot of love for the product that GCW puts out. Mm -hmm. It felt like they put together what was supposed to have been their biggest show and let it be a highlight for other promotions. Yeah, they got bigger name stuff on there than well, not even bigger name than their stuff than their guys like more nationally recognized mm -hmm. than their usual guys for the most part. And so like they probably had to make some concessions to get them on. Yeah. I mean like Okay, so the six-man tag match that ran, like, eight minutes long. <laughs> yup. <laughs> of course, was, uh... Whatever the ranking company's thing is, they liked it the most out of all the show. <laughs> yeah, no, like, Wrestling Observer gave it one and a quarter, or four and a quarter stars, rather. Yeah. But yeah, like, Bandito, Laredo Kid, ASF... Gringo Loco, Demonic Flamita, and Arez mm -hmm. went way long. Yeah, they did. Like, they got on the speakers and told them, okay, you gotta take this. Guys, you have to go home now. <laughs> like, straight up, you could, it's, it's very audible. <laughs> and because they took so long, the last, the last match on the card, because of televised pay-per-view hard outs... Which mm -hmm. I think is also probably the televised pay-per-view is why they got away with a little bit less blood. Yeah. The GCW tag team title match between the Briscoes and the Hate Club got five minutes. Yep. Which sucks because it was also the return match for Nick Gage Nick Gage coming into the Hammerstein and it's like that match that like it didn't feel like a main event no it really didn't they, they worked as well as they did with what they were given they just they didn't have enough time no and it sucks that Someone, someone's, some six people 
got their second match on the card, Egos Inflated. Which really sucks, because that had some of my favorite spots in the match. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. Especially for someone like Nick Gage, who's been out for a while and is now finally coming back, and like, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I will say, while you figured all that out, I will say that the one really different match from that formula of the rest of the night was Blake Christensen and Leo Rush. Yes, I was had... going to talk about that one next. Oh, okay. So well, Blake Christian I... and Leo Rush was... I think the best match of the night. Yes. I love a good six-man tag. I love Lucha Rules. These two had a better match. <laughs> it was a very, very, very good match. It shows that Leo Rush absolutely can work it shows that blake christian absolutely can work mm-hmm. and neither of them get the respect they deserve despite and the fact that they put on a absolute banger and blake christian's like he is really showing that he's ready to be like more noticed yeah no I for sure when we watched get his ass kicked last summer too by team pazuzu Yes, he was. They just threw him around for 20 minutes. (laughs) He has come a very long way, and he's. I'm excited to see the opportunities that he's going to start to get because he's a phenomenal wrestler. And Mm -hmm. Leo Rush did a very good job of helping him showcase that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is like, you know, whatever you want to say about AEW not renewing Leo Rush's contract. Personally, I think it was racism. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, we don't need to go too far into that whole situation. No, because we're already... I'm already gonna (laughs) talk about (laughs) anti-Semitism. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um... So, yeah, like, it, it, it was a fun match. Like... And Leo Rush deserves better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever may come of where he goes from here, he's still a world-class wrestler who deserves a bit more respect. So and he's just not retiring yet. Yep. <laughs> he, he is our new Terry Funk is what a, a, what we're sitting at. <laughs> so Matt Cardona versus Joey Janela. Holy fuck. Was a match that almost ended in a riot. <laughs> it yeah, it had that potential, absolutely. <laughs> because Matt Cardona won. After the longest match on the card. 19 minutes and 43 seconds with multiple run-ins. Okay, I need to talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. Usually, run-ins are, like, so boring and overdone, and I just, I, I roll my eyes when I see them. After the point we got to the third one in this match. It was funny again. 
It's like, no, I'm just going along for the ride. They're doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah, Marco showing up was a lot of fun. Swoggle showing up and fighting Marco. Sam Stackhouse coming in and fighting Hornswoggle. They had a match. They, they, it was right. They had a match in a match. They had a smaller, harder to win match inside of their match. Yes. <laughs> now, there was one part I think they went a little bit long with the run in because it mm -hmm. looked like Cardona was getting his nose tended to. Yeah. Because he stood up at one point and it was just gushing out of blood was just gushing out of his nose. That was like the only. Oh my god, I'm clipping a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, that was, as far as I can recall, the only like major blood spot on the show. And mm -hmm. even then, it was primarily like an actual accident that caused his nose to get bloody yep. rather than, uh, you know, the typical blading and hitting each other with light tubes and barbed wire. Yeah. We get to the end of... Oh, not even going to get to the end of this one yet. The storyline going to this one was that Cardona and Chelsea Green had just gotten married. Mm-hmm. Finally. And pictures showed up of Chelsea with Joey Janela. Mm-hmm. So, they get to, like, a couple bits into the match, and Chelsea Green just jumps into the ring, kicks Cardona in the nuts, is supporting Joey Janela to, to get, he goes up to the top rope, like, yeah, go, go for it, and then pulls his leg up from under him to make him fall, and Matt Cardona's wearing a cup, because he's the smartest guy in fucking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Erin was so excited when she saw he was wearing a cup. After weeks. Weeks. <laughs> not even, not weeks. Cassidy. Not weeks. Months. Of watching Orange Cassidy just get kicked in the balls every week. <laughs> Finally, so it puts on a fucking cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, someone's wearing a cup and... Doesn't have to get a nut shot. Yep. <laughs> oh, that that was honestly my favorite spot of that match. Everything else that happened great. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, that felt good. Nice. So, yeah, I, I think that was, while maybe not the best wrestling match, in terms of technical wrestling, Certainly one of the, uh, certainly the most fun. Best clusterfuck. Oh god, Matt Cardona's entrance music. He like, baited people like, twice with the music. Oh, what did he do with the music? He used someone else's music and then he came out in like a Mankind gimmick. Oh yeah, he's wearing a big flannel shirt that said fuck Mick Foley on it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember whose music he played, though. Sandman. Sandman. Oh, okay, yeah, he's playing Enter Sandman. Everyone got excited for that. And Cardona comes out and just flips them all off. 
Oh, yeah, no, that match was interesting. And in the end, Brian Myers jumped the barricade in full biker gear, just like Edge did at One Night Stand. Mm -hmm. And they beat up Joey Janela from there. Mm -hmm. And then after the match, they just keep going like, and there is the threat of a riot in the Hammerstein because of these two. <laughs> There's garbage <laughs> raining so down unhappy. in the ring. People are so angry. And then music hits. Oh my god, it's Sean Waltman. It's the first time ever that X-Pac has taken away someone else's X-Pac heat. <laughs> oh man, fucking Sean Waltman comes in and saves the day. Looks amazing. <laughs> hey, Emma. <coughs> I'm dying. <laughs> oh no, don't do that. Oh god, I'm just laughing at X-Pac being the one who... <laughs> they bring in because someone's got X-Pac heat. Yup. Oh. oh yeah, he comes in, he, he's looking great. Like, anyone who's been following, like, around wrestling the past few years knows all the trouble he's had, like, mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol and stuff, since leaving the Fed years and years ago. Like, he looks really good now. Yeah. He, he's really pulled himself up. And this is the same week where we actually saw Mox come back, too, also looking great. Oh, my God. Rehab. Mox looks phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah, if you need help, get help. It's good. <laughs> Getting help Do it is for you. good for you. <laughs> Do it for people around you. Do it for the. Vibe. I know it's hard harder to do than to say, but I feel inspired because of those two now to to make it known. Anyway. Yeah, no, like you know, it it is not a struggle you have to face alone. It is not a struggle that is your fault and getting help can be very important mm -hmm. you know I don't I personally don't recommend white knuckling it nope <laughs> <laughs> it can work But it doesn't always. Uh, yeah, also, don't, oh, don't apologize for getting help. And fuck Bully Ray. Fuck Bully Ray. Fuck Bully <laughs> Ray. That was a chant that happened. Yup. <laughs> During Mox and Homicide. Mm -hmm. Because after Mox came back, Bully Ray made stupid comments that he should have apologized for being away for so long. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. Bully Ray, you were part of the problem with wrestling. Yeah. Although that's been the case multiple times for a very long time. Yeah. Bully Ray, not known for his good takes. Yeah. So... 
I would let Bully Ray book a show. I wouldn't let him handle HR. Play to your strengths. Mm. I might not even let him book a show. That's fair. I meant more metaphorically. I... It's kind of like how I've always said, like, I would let Paul Heyman run a company, a wrestling company. I would let him touch a checkbook. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I would let Bully Ray sit in the audience and maybe do one spot. Like, okay. uh, like, uh, here's our ancient decrepit wrestler spot that AEW likes to do <laughs> with the claw. <laughs> Give them a hand for showing up. <laughs> An old wrestler is here. Everyone applaud. Some of those are kind of neat. Oh, no, no, no. I love them. I, don't get me wrong. They're great. <laughs> but AEW can lean into them. AEW does pull, like, some fucking guy that only your grandpa has heard of. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. and Tony Khan's like, uh, uh, be excited. Well, yeah, because Tony knows who they are because Tony can recite uh, match results back to like 88. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, because he's a fucking dweeb. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, what other matches are on this card that we want to talk about? I think that's everything, right? Uh, we mentioned Mox and Homicide real quick. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, that was a solid match. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like... You know the result because you know the story going forward. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to have Mox and Nick Gage have another round at each other. Mm-hmm. And that will be bloody as fuck. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, there was a couple moments in this where Homicide made it look like he could actually win it and screw all that over. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I, I enjoy getting to see the... You're getting to work with that tension and stuff like that in... Hi, Taco. Hello, little boy. In How wrestling, there exists a tension... There exists a tension between, um, like, expectation and results, right? Because at this point, everyone knows, or most people know, that it is all just kayfabe, right? Mm-hmm. So you play with the tension of what people expect. Oh my god, there is just a cloud of taco hair. <laughs> You need a brushing. He gets brushed like once a week. He just has a lot of hair. He needs once a day. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there, there's the tension, like, you know, there's the tension between expectation and reality, right? Like expectation and results. And when you play with that tension, you can work in wrestling in a world where everyone understands it's fake. Mm -hmm. Fake in respect that it is predetermined. You know, he, 
everyone knows it's a work, but people try to figure out what that work is going to be. You know, that's what yep. match predictions are, right? Like, what makes sense with the story? And every once in a while, when you turn that on its head, you can really have a profound impact on the way that you tell stories. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Hey, we found my diatribe topic for the week. <laughs> I'm gonna cut in here at some point and with a recent example, too. I mean, I've got a relatively recent example you know, within, like, the last two years. Three I years. One from this week. Oh, one from this week. Okay. Yeah. So on Dynamite this week, we had Mox with his match against uh, Wheeler Yuta. Mm-hmm. Great match. I would definitely go back and watch it if you haven't already. And then at the end of that, Daniel Bryant, Brian Danielson <laughs> comes out because, you know, he's been eyeballing Marks the past couple weeks since he got back. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the mic and says, who wants to see us have a match? Like, yes, of course we do. That's what we're here for. Well, what if we tagged? What if we started a stable of young technical wrestlers and showed them ropes and got them through a bunch of stuff? And, and then, then he named like, some people. Yeah, he, he named like a Wheeler Yuta, like Lee Moriarty, like Daniel Garcia. And it's just like, yes, I want all of this now. Give it to me all at the same time. I don't mm-hmm. know where to go with this. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it doesn't need to go anywhere. It doesn't need to go anywhere at all. I just want to see these guys doing cool wrestling together. Yeah. And, like, we know that Mox is showing up on GCW shows, that he's going to be showing up at New Japan wrestling shows in the States again. And if he's working with Danielson, then Danielson might show up at those. Mm-hmm. And we know one of the reasons why he left is he wanted to do New Japan shows. Exactly. And can you imagine the reaction to Danielson walking into a GCW show? Um... <laughs> huh that would be cool yeah it'd be very interesting I'll leave it at that <laughs> so you kind of and like that that is a good way to play with expectations but mm-hmm. you know maybe not exactly what I was thinking in terms okay. of narrative tension versus like dramatic irony or not even okay. irony, but um, subversion of expectation, right? Like, yeah. um, the example that I can think of is the whole brutal lead-up to Cody versus MJF, the mm-hmm. lashings, the cage match with Wardlow, all of that and everyone in the world is rooting for Cody and they have him fucking lose. <laughs> yes. You can re- I guess on this card, Matt Cardona beating Joey Janela. Yeah. You, you look at the card, where it is, who's working, it's like 
Janela has to win this. Mm. There'll be and... a riot if he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Zack Ryder wins after stealing Effie's move, the Zack Ryder. Oh, God. I can't believe he's doing that. Like, that is very uncool. For the record, Taco is still here. I know, I can see him. <laughs> the audience can't. Oh, okay. I don't know how your camera's cut off, so. So, but like, yeah, playing with the expectation of results versus, um, versus ex playing with the audience through results versus expectation yes. is a really, really clever way to work people in an age where people are less liable to get worked. And I think that's something that, when used sparingly, is really effective. I think mm -hmm. you see the other side of that frequently with WWE's sort of revenge bookings where they, like, book someone to lose in their hometown because you can't get over in your own hometown. That's against the rules. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's WWE, you can't get over a period unless you're one of four people. <laughs> but if you do... I wish I was joking. And if you do, and you... If you do, despite all that... God help you. God help you, Vince will fire you. Or worse. Expelled. <laughs> um... So, um, I think that's where I am content in leaving that topic. Okay. Want to talk about anti-Semitism now? We can do that, and then we will finish up with some more wrestling. <laughs> okay. There'll be a sandwich. There's oh. one more one more ingredient to this sandwich and it's William Regal. He's the okay. he's the mayo. Uh, yes, I would. Holocaust denial. Yep. It's a topic that's been discussed in the wrestling community of late for important reasons in late being this week and of late being on Wednesday yeah so um Brian Kendrick is known for engaging with conspiracy theories and there's an old adage that I like to bring up from time to time, which is that there are two kinds of conspiracy theories, anti-Semitism and things the CIA admits to. And... Brian Kendrick has opted to believe the ones that the CIA doesn't admit to. 
And even with, but like, it'll just be, first of all, he believes Nazis landed on the moon. Second of all, he believes only 150,000 Jews were murdered. Let's like, I'm not even, God forbid, we're, it's still 150,000 people murdered. Are you going to try to say that's not a big deal? Bye, Taco. Like, that, that, like, I mean, obviously, obviously, the fucking mass murder of 6 million people is worse than 150,000 people. But, like, you're acting like that's not a big deal. That's a huge fucking deal. Like, It is deeply frustrating. Not just frustrating. It is, for me, as someone who's Jewish-ish, in the process of converting, I, I'm aware that it, part of this process involves, like... Part of this process involves a perpetual uncertainty about my safety. Right, part of a very, very deeply unfortunate part of being Jewish is having to worry about whether or not the person next to you is liable to murder you. Same way, it's, it's, in, in that regard, it is similar to being trans, right? There is the yeah. perpetual fear that the guy next to you on the bus is going to be like, you've got a dick, I'm going to shoot you in the face. And... It is alarming to see the amount of people in the internet wrestling community who have out and out said he's got nothing to apologize for or gotten mad at Tony Khan for pulling him from the show. Just the bare minimum you can do when a video of the guy surfaces saying like, a bunch of dumbass shit that doesn't even deserve- I mean, like, Nazi moon landing conspiracy theorists should be dismissed outright just for that reason alone. Any other fucking thing that they say is gonna be complete bullshit. But I am... a little bit less secure in my wrestling fandom after reading some of the things people said. Seeing people be like, you know, trying to defend him and stuff like that. And then when he issues his half-assed apology, 
where he says, those were never my beliefs. I crossed a line. And then a bunch of fucking goys are in the replies saying, oh, it's, you're forgiven. Apologizing is the first step to healing. Like... It is even more frustrating because you have this and this happens when people are other kinds of racist or homophobic or transphobic or anything like that. You have this mass rush of non-affected people coming in to say I grant you permission to stop feeling bad for a thing that didn't affect me. It happened with fucking Game Grumps. And the fact that for years Dan from Game Grumps was exploiting his relationship with fans for sex. Like, not in just a typical rock star way, but in a like in a in a in a deeply unethical way. And it was people unaffected by that that were rushing to forgive him. There's this perpetual rush to forgive offenses that don't affect you. And I for once Wish people would just shut the fuck up. If something doesn't affect you or directly impact you, you have no business offering forgiveness for that thing. If someone, like, it's a very simple example. Someone punches you. Do you care if the guy next to you forgives the guy who punched you? I don't fucking think so. Like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And on top of that, the apology of those were never my beliefs. I crossed a line. I guess he's working with the story that those interviews were a work. Like, if that's his attempt at deflecting, that, like, it was... That he was playing a character when he said that? Like, I, I don't... I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a fucking second. It, like... I don't care how intoxicated you are, like... You don't say that shit unless some part of you believes it. You know, like, I haven't fucking gotten drunk and, I don't know, like, defended triangle trade. Like, you say things that you believe when you're intoxicated. Like, you know, you know what I do when I get high? 
I laugh a lot. <laughs> and time travel. Sometimes I do. T oh, my God. There was a time where it took me. Like. Eons to get from. My chair. To the bathroom. I know I was here. <laughs> the point being. I have yet to see a real meaningful apology. I have yet to see him admit. I, I have yet to see him acknowledge. The specifics of what he said. He gave this bullshit blanket apology, blanket non-apology, that, like, you know, fucking, I, st I still genuinely think that is his belief, and he just knows enough to not say it out loud anymore. Because, and see if I'm blocked. Nope, I'm not, but, you know, I still don't have an answer as to how many people he thinks the Nazis murdered. Like, my overall, if, if he shows up in AEW, I think that will be the last time I watch wrestling. Maybe the last time I watch AEW. But, like, to... To me, I came away from this week feeling a lot less safe in the wrestling community. And taking him off the show, sure. Fine, great. Bare minimum. There's more that needs to happen. If he is truly sorry, then he needs to disappear for a while. Maybe forever. Nobody is owed a career in wrestling. Nobody is owed being a public persona. That is not something that you are due just for the past. He's, yeah, that's 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 a fair point, Aitsu. Uh, he's on the Hogan list. It it is like there is this persistent belief among the anti-cancel culture types, racists, that racists, transphobes, homophobes, so on, bigots. Easier word. Yep. There's this persistent belief that 
the people who do these deeply morally repugnant things shouldn't have their lives ruined. Nobody has a fundamental right to be a public persona. Nobody has a fundamental right to be on stage. Whether that's the squared circle or a fucking thrust stage at a shitty comedy club or a goddamn brick wall. Nobody is owed any of that. No matter what career they had previously. Ruining someone's life doesn't, like, making them face consequences, making them leave the spotlight. I don't want to say toil in obscurity because that's maybe a little aggressive. But nobody has a fundamental right to be platformed. Get another job. Do something else. Reflect on what you did. And make a sincere apology. And then maybe. Enough people will forgive you. But they don't owe you that. Like one of the things that is. During the high holidays, um, we make an effort to make amends to the people that we have wronged. We make an effort to say, I'm sorry, to ourselves, to others, to God, to the world in an effort to have our names inscribed in the Book of Life for the coming year. One of the fundamental teachings on Yom Kippur is that an apology does not automatically grant you forgiveness. And you have to accept in your heart that if you have hurt someone, they don't owe you anything. And frankly, I don't think the wrestling world owes Brian Kendrick anything. I think he can find another job, do something else, make a living like the rest of us, that stage is not his until people are willing to forgive and he's willing to put in the effort to earn that forgiveness. That's all I have to say about that. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing I can add to that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um i apologize for there being a rant in like literally every one of these episodes it's just always something to rant about it's wrestling 
Um, so yeah, for everyone here, everyone listening in the future, if you're listening you on a Friday, muted, you can come back now. <laughs> uh, yeah, just you know, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. The world Shabbat fucking shalom. sucks. Make time for the people you love. Make time for the things that you care about. Make time for the things that are rewarding to you. And give yourself a day off. You fucking deserve it. And maybe thank the Jews for inventing weekends. <laughs> Taco is back. He has yeah, Taco couldn't handle a rant this week. He hasn't gotten his dinner yet. I think that's oh, why no. he's here. Oh Poor no. Poor emaciated little man. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. He's a little chub. <laughs> They're all little chubs. Yeah, he's he's actually lost a lot of weight in the last year. I'm very proud of him. Now so if only I could do the same. Mood. So did Al when we switched up his diet years ago, and then he's got all that hanging stuff from when he was fat. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of pets, William Regal has a lizard. I didn't know where this was going for a second. <laughs> it could have gone somewhere else. I, will I know it could have. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna put this in Twitch chat. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, it is magical. And... I just... I love his retirement era, where it's just him and his lizards. <laughs> Posting on Twitter? <laughs> it's very good. Mm -hmm. It's very wholesome. I still wouldn't mind another run somewhere. But if you just want to hang out with your lizards, I get you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yesterday, he posted a program for a wrestling event when he was 18 where he tagged with a very young Jushin Thunder Liger as in under a different name Jushin Liger <laughs> yes as in Fuji Yamada yep that's very cool other than that it's mostly him and his lizard so there's a big thing in internet wrestling for shoot interviews mm -hmm. where it's basically it's usually guys just talking about their careers and all, this, all the background stuff and how it all plays out and everything once in a while you get the really incendiary ones where like big secrets are told and people come out as jackasses i i just want like a six-hour interview of William Regal just talking through his whole career. <laughs> just everything. 
I want a four-hour interview of William Ringle talking about his Tengu. <laughs> that would also be good. <laughs> because I think anyone who loves one very weird and specific animal deserves to be able to talk about that animal at length. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Would we like to get back into the wrestling? Sure. Okay. So we also checked out the first episode of Terminus since the last time we recorded. Yes, during the major snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was the event that was booked by uh, Jonathan Gresham, mm -hmm. who is one of the current ROH World Champions, the other being Bandito. And they're actually going to have a match in April now to figure that out. So that'll be something to, fun to see. That'll be fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the second Terminus show had to get postponed because of snow again, though. It's in February at some point. I thought they were doing a second one, and like, more recently, and... But I might Maybe. have been wrong. Because they're, I've like... seen the dates of, like, February something. They're doing a lot of shows in the same place. Yeah. But yeah, they, they held this one over the weekend of a snowstorm, so some of the talent couldn't make it. A lot of the audience couldn't make it. <laughs> Which is George in a snowstorm. I don't expect everyone to be ready for it. No, it's... It's interesting. Terminus also has, like, a bunch of ROH-style rules. Yeah, very specific ones. I got them pulled up here. I'll just go over them real quick. All matches must be won by, P by pin, submission, KO, or DQ, unless stipulations are agreed on by both grapplers. Strictly mm -hmm. enforced time limits. Singles, tag, and multi-man are 15 minutes. Champion belts are 20. And there's a timer on screen. Yes. That is such a good help so you can actually see where, where everything's going. And this is, the, this is the most striking to me because over the past couple of years, a lot of people have gotten used to AEW's timing where it's 20-minute limit for regular matches and an hour for championship matches. So to see these, like, so much tighter together is really interesting to me. Matches that max out at 15 minutes? Yep. Yeah. A 15-minute match is a long wrestling match. Yeah. Get on a treadmill and run for 15 minutes, see what it's like. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> there is overtime of 90 seconds if no winner is declared. Mm-hmm. After that, it's a draw. Disqualification happens when foreign object usage, outside interference, or two technical fouls. Technical fouls are very similar to the pure wrestling rules of throwing a opponent over the top rope, a 10-second top rope count, like being up on the rope, a 5-second rope count for a break, Intentional physical contact with a ref, intentional low blows, intentional eye gouging, 
fish hooking, hair pulling, spitting, and using a closed fist to the face. Now... What of something like Britt Baker's finish? That's not fish hooking. That is a mandible claw. It is an actual submission hold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fish hooking is where you get in there and just pull, whereas she's like, eh. Mm -hmm. My fingers do not taste good today. <laughs> Wash your goddamn hands, Aaron. I did. They're just sweaty now. They get sweaty when I'm on stream. And there's out of the ring counts of five seconds. Not ten, not twenty. Five. And finally, any weapon usage will result in immediate disqualification and expulsion from Terminus. They are not bringing you back if you use a weapon and get caught. <laughs> Which is interesting. It was very interesting for a show that they hadn't announced a second show when they started re recording this. <laughs> so, the card for this was actually really good. A lot of great technical wrestlers showed up on it. Mm -hmm. Starting off with Lee Moriarty and Josh Woods. In, in a counterthon, is what yes. I will call it. <laughs> it's nice to see Lee Moriarty getting a chance to actually be Lee Moriarty. Yeah, like, y you get those glimpses in the match that he had against Leo and Dante. But it's like, y you gotta showcase him more. There is so much to this guy, you gotta showcase him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, IWTV made him a champ for a reason. Exactly. It wasn't because he can go 60 minutes. <laughs> Same with Wheeler Yuta, actually. Yep. Wheeler Yuta again got to show that off against Mox this week, where he actually had a match instead of a squash. <laughs> we also had... Okay, this one was interesting. It was a four-way match with Daniel Garcia, Adam Priest, JDX, and Invictus Cash. Right, but it was a eliminator four-way. Yeah, it was an elimination four-way with tag rules. Mm-hmm. So you could only have two guys in the ring at a time, and they had to tag in and out to their opponents. Which was really neat. Yeah. I, I worry they might have done all they could with it right away. Because they yeah. had, like, Daniel Garcia diving in and out, just tagging everyone around him to, mm -hmm. to cause chaos. So... It, I, worked, it worked really well, but yeah, I, there, there is a concern that it might become stale if it happens too often. Yeah. If it doesn't, all the better because I kind of love the format. Mm -hmm. uh, that one had Garcia going over by pinning everyone. Mm -hmm. In pretty rapid succession, actually. <laughs> yeah, so the timestamps were 9 minutes, 11 minutes, 12 and a half minutes. Yeah. 
which not bad for a 15 minute match. Um, next match with next match is probably worth us not talking about. Um, so I'll go over but, it real quick. It, yeah, that... I just Moose sucks. I start that off, start off with that. Fuck yeah, Moose. Like, we say that a lot on this show. But yeah, we had Mike Bennett against Moose in there. And this one was interesting because it actually showed off the technical foul rules. Mm-hmm. Like, they showed up in other ones where people would use a closed fist and it would get called on them, but it wouldn't end in a DQ because of it. And this one, Moose threw Mike Bennett over the top rope twice in a five-minute span. Mm-hmm. And that led to a DQ right there, no questions asked, it's done. Which, like, it's nice to see that they're enforcing their rules very strictly. Yeah. Like, you know, it is... It's refreshing to come to wrestling with rules that matter. Yeah. Like, I know AW built their brand with the very sports-like wrestling, where they wanted to have that emphasis on rules and rankings and all that, but, like... It has kind of fallen away <laughs> since the, the initial one. I think and it then, maybe lasted for the first week of Dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> even then, the, the, it took about two months to get the tag rules right. <laughs> no, you can't tag while you're in the ring. <laughs> one of you has to be outside. Um, so we also got two women's matches. Oh my goodness, how? How were there enough women to do two women's matches on a show? Well, you see... You get a match by sleeping with the promoter. Oh, right. (laughs) I I had the corpse there. (laughs) That is a joke, just for everyone listening, that is a joke. Not a serious statement that I am making. <laughs> Jonathan Gresham is married to Jordan Grace. So they, they so you're saying she definitely slept on, to get on the card. <laughs> no. When they got married, this was the idea, right? <laughs> yes, she definitely married him so that she could get on the Terminus pro wrestling show numerous like, years later like four a show or five years later. a show that only is happening because ROH is dead yeah yeah it kind of is but yeah we so, had Jordan Grace and Kira Hogan in for the Impact Digital Media Championship mm-hmm. because Terminus doesn't have their own belts yet so other people come on and defend. <laughs> it was it was a good match though. Like it was this is a fairly highly like highly rated match. I think it was like it, it's nice to see women's matches being given equal time to a lot of the men's matches as well. Yeah. Yeah, when they say 15 minutes, you can expect like a certain amount of time given to each match then. It's pretty evenly doled out. Mm-hmm. And these two have had a lot of matches together over the years, so they have really great chemistry. Uh, we also had another women's match, uh, Diamante versus Janai Kai. Yeah, Diamante originally wasn't scheduled for the show, but due to travel, 
due to the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, can you do the show tonight? You're here with your girlfriend. You're already going to be here with your girlfriend. <laughs> uh, Diamante and Kira Hogan are dating. Chat might have died in a stream. Well, we'll keep up with it on our end, at least. <laughs> oh, Mubby. Hold on. I can fix this. He slept with her to get on the card. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like it was the the two women's matches felt like they were given respect yeah and time and i like they were that. allowed to show off and that's so good for someone like janaikai who is young in wrestling still so the experience to get onto a stage with larger names alongside hers is just going to do good for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, not for nothing, but, like, in terms of local jobbers, AEW has brought back Janai Kai a few times. Mm -hmm. Which is a good sign. Like, they, people see something in her. She's a good wrestler. Kick demon, come on. Mm-hmm. Also showed up on the, the masked wrestler. Masked wrestler, and I knew it was her when I saw the silhouette, and I second guessed it, and then I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Get <sighs> yeah, good. What can I say? So, we had a singles match between Bandito and Baron Black. I would not have pinned Baron Black for a show like this simply because I've only seen him on AEW stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised to see what he did with Bandito here. Yeah, no, it's... It's neat to see how people when they're given an opportunity to not be jobbing, mm -hmm. get the upper, you get to show what they're made of, get to shine. Yeah. And like it, it kind of showed that he had been working that role for a while now. Because there was a couple spots there where like him and Bandito didn't seem to be on the same wavelength. Mm hmm. Going for it, but it's like it's another match like this. I bet it's going to be even better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I I bet this is a big level up <laughs> for sure. So our next match on the card was Dante Caballero and Joe Keys versus Fred Yehai and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. I haven't said seen Fred Yehai in years, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so this was so cool. <laughs> And yeah, it, so it, was, it was like jumping right back into 2014, 2015 with Fred Yehi and Tracy Williams. Like, yeah, this is what I remember them doing. Mm -hmm. Going out and doing cool spots. That was a fun match. 
Now, if I'm not mistaken, they actually took the loss for that one, too. They did, yeah. Yeah. So that's... That that was not expected on my end. No, but like... <laughs> I didn't know who the other guys were. <laughs> you know, like... Sometimes you lose to help other guys get over, you know? Mm -hmm. Do Tracy Williams and Fred Yehi need to get over? No. no. Everyone knows who they are. Everyone important knows who they are. And then, the last match of the card was a pure rules match for the ROH world title between Jonathan... Jonathan Gresham does anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jonathan Gresham and Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander almost didn't make the show. Yep. Because <laughs> his flight in from Canada got canceled the last minute. Mm-hmm. So he had to drive uh -oh. 15 hours to Georgia for this. <laughs> In the snow. Mm-hmm. Having done a 15-hour drive before? Not fun. I do not recommend it. No. Having drove... done long drives in bad snow? Do not recommend it. This was the summer that I drove from Milwaukee, Wisconsin back to jersey overnight oh, yep don't recommend it no no I, I i'll take you up on that one so anyway um whew. i've so done Josh a lot Alex of talking i'm tired oh, let's go over this real quick okay cool and that this was definitely the main event of the night absolutely two of the best techno wrestlers going and I'm not even disappointed that it ended in a double in a double pin. <laughs> like I I can't be mad at this match. <laughs> double pins work. Yeah. When, when you, you do it right, like these two did. <laughs> it's it's like um MSG. Yes. No. MSG is good with everything. It's like... No, I, I... Can I run with that one? Yeah. MSG is good with everything when used correctly, but it has a bad reputation. I was going to say it's like a, like a habanero hot sauce, where you use it sparingly in certain... Con or not even habanero, like a ghost pepper hot sauce. Okay. Used sparingly and in the right context, it can be very, very good. Mm-hmm. But if you use it too much or you use like if you use too much of it or use it too often, it starts to lose the magic. Yeah. And your mouth is just too hot and you can't enjoy the food it's just awful basically yeah. so Aaron you have any recommendations for the week um I don't know do I have any old recommendations I have a recommendation for the week for everyone Make sure you get enough sleep. 
Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> and, um... Take yourself on a walk, if the weather allows it. It doesn't here. Sleep and vitamin D. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. For the for context, for those of you who don't obsessively stalk my Twitter, I got a call from my doctor that my vitamin D levels were basically zero. <laughs> so I am on like a mega dose that I take once a week. And taking vitamin D has genuinely, truly, actually fucking made my life better make sure you are getting enough vitamin d because you probably aren't and your body will be more tired without it you don't make atp as well without vitamin d and you need atp yeah you, you don't want to switch your taxes to something else yeah that's adp whatever <laughs> No, you should also not use ADP. Use Paychex. It's not an endorsement of Paychex. Paychex, if you're willing to pay us, I will actually start talking about you in a positive light. You see, knows what she's talking about. Yeah, I've got a... I... have a degree in business. I have a diploma in business. That means I went to a college instead of university. <laughs> I technically also went to a college instead of a university, but we don't differentiate. Ah, uh, we do here, I guess. Whichever. I'm going to throw Orange Cassie versus Eddie Kingston in the chat for people to watch. We're going to watch an Australian guy melt down some metal. I think that's about it. Say goodnight, cat. Goodnight, cat. <laughs> okay. Um, cheers, big ears. <laughs> Be gay. Mwah, do crimes. Go fuck yourself. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Friday night to Saturday night, an hour after sunset, when you see three stars in the sky. Good fucking luck if it's cloudy. <laughs> I guess we're still on. <laughs> no, there, there's actual rules for if it's cloudy as well. Okay, good. <laughs>